0: This is Vanderbilt Business, and I'm Kara Scheer. Becky Sharp runs not one, but two businesses, Collegiate Sports Data, and International Scholarship and Tuition Services. We recently caught up with the Owen alum to learn more about her two companies. Becky also shares her tips for work-life balance, lessons she's learned along the way, and advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. Hi everyone! I am here today with Becky Sharp, one of our MBA alumni. Becky was very kind enough to take some time today to talk with me about not one, but two businesses that she has started. Becky, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: To start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. I'm actually a rarity of these days. I'm a native Nashvillean. I've lived here all my life and grew up on Vanderbilt campus. My father is still actually an emeritus professor at Vanderbilt. I went to high school here in Nashville at Overton High School and then went to undergrad at Vanderbilt. I studied German and French. Then I worked a couple years. And then I went back and got my MBA. At that point, they didn't have the mod schedule. You picked a concentration, they called it. My concentration was international marketing. I'm married, I have three kids, and love and life.
0: Awesome. So, delving in a little bit more to your career, I know that you currently run not one but two companies. So, can you describe each in a little more detail?
1: Sure. And at the start, I didn't start those companies. I purchased them. There's a little bit of difference in people that completely start from scratch versus someone who purchases and then builds. The latter is what I have done. After I left Owen, I worked for 11 years for a software company. thought I was going to retire from there. My mindset was you start with a company and you just stay there forever. It shows my age. But about 11 or 12 years in, I began to really get an itch to be running my own business. And I was scared and I didn't know for sure that I had all that it took, but I had a business mentor who really encouraged me to do so. And he had met my former business partner at International Scholarship and Tuition Services was looking to retire and basically was wanting to implement a succession plan. So I negotiated with him bought half the business. I didn't want to be a minority owner, and so I bought half the business from him and then spent the next three or four years buying the other half out. I own 100% of my scholarship management company. After a few years of running that, I began to do some market analysis and tried to acquire the three other competitors that were in my industry. It didn't work the first couple times, and then a few years later, I was actually able to acquire a competitor. And during that time, the industry went down to four major competitors to two because two of the other companies, one bought the other. What my company does is we manage scholarship and tuition reimbursement or tuition assistance programs. So companies like Walmart or McDonald's or Comcast will have a scholarship or a tuition reimbursement program, and they hire us to manage them. So we create an online application, process the applications, pick the winners or approve the reimbursement, and then distribute the funds. We support, I believe, now 13 different languages, so it is international in scope. And then my other business, Collegiate Sports Data, I bought with a business partner back in 2011, and I saw the Venn diagram overlap between the scholarship management side and the football recruiting world, because in both cases, we don't monetize the relationship with the kids, we're helping them expand their opportunities through education. It's a very different brand, it's a different company, and Collegiate Sports Data surveys all the high school football coaches in the country to find out if they have young men who have the athletic prowess to play ball at the collegiate level, a JUCO non-qualifier all the way up to a D1 starter and everything in between. And if you can imagine, if you asked every high school football player to raise their hand that they can play collegiately, you're going to get millions of kids who say they can. Realistically, there are probably 50,000 kids who could play ball at the collegiate level, and there are only 19,000 roster spots. So what we do is we basically get rid of the noise for the recruiting coordinators by producing a statistical package of these kids. And then we monetize this, the colleges buy the data from us, and then they use it to build their target board. So Alabama is going to be looking for a different type of kid than Vanderbilt is, than Air Force.
0: So I know that many entrepreneurs, MBAs, they dream of one day running just one company, much less two, simultaneously. And I'm just wondering, how do you do it and keep everything going?
1: Well, it's interesting. I'll tell you that when I got to Owen, I was really lucky to get in. I'm not a great test taker. I have a lot of drive. and Academically, I did fine. I'm a standard B student. But one of the things that that experience helps me get to was it's okay not to be the smartest person in the room. You can still be successful. A lot of it is mindset, is just deciding you're interested and you're engaged and you're going to do your best work, but also that you're very comfortable having people around you have more talent and skill. And at first I did not do that. When I fought my first business in 2002, I first thought incorrectly that I needed to do everything better than everybody else in order to be a good leader and that was completely wrong. As soon as I began to hire people who had more skills and talents than I did and let them go, things began to grow. So that's the way I've been able to run two businesses is because I have really great people who are doing things and I plan to do more acquisitions. I have capacity to do that now because I've got people that are in sales and marketing and finance and HR and ops and tech the skills and talents that I don't even come close to having.
0: Absolutely. And so kind of talking a little bit more along that line, I know that work-life balance and time management specifically can be really hard for entrepreneurs and other people who run their own businesses. And I'm wondering if you have any tips for that.
1: I do. I'm sure you can see all sorts of business models that do this about work-life balance. I tend to say it's more work-life blend because things are never going to really be balanced. For me personally, I separate it out into a few categories. If I don't get enough sleep, if I don't get eight hours of sleep regularly, I'm not any good. And so getting the right amount of sleep produces more energy than the wrong amount of sleep, whatever that amount of sleep is. For me also exercise, movement, intentional or intense it doesn't matter just getting movement all the time gives me more brain power and more energy really good clean nutrition like if i don't have those three things straight i'm not going to be my best in a meeting i'm not going to be my best in a negotiation so i absolutely diligently make sure and i track it i make sure i'm getting the sleep i need the exercise i need and that my nutrition is on track when those things happen then i'm able to get a lot done in a eight hour day Now, as being an entrepreneur and owning my two businesses, I think about them 24-7, but I have plenty of time to go take a two-hour bike ride in the middle of the day or have every Friday a one-hour intentional think time where I turn all distractions off and just think and just see what bubbles up. And today, when I did that, I solved a problem that's been weighing on me for a while. So for me, the balance or the blend is really prioritizing the important relationships, your exercise, and then whatever it is that energizes you. So I'm an extrovert, so I actually get energized by being around people. Where my husband is an introvert, so he needs quiet, uninterrupted time to get the same energy I get by going in a crowd and meeting 22 people. And so being aware of that. And supporting your unique characteristics, I think, also then helps you be your best and have time for the people and the things in your life that energize you.
0: Honestly, that's just good advice for life in general, not only your own (laughs) business. (laughs) So moving on, I know one topic that's been getting a lot of attention in the startup and entrepreneurial world is failure. And so I'm wondering if you have any times when you quote unquote failed and sort of how did you learn from that experience and come back from it even stronger and more successful?
1: Absolutely. And speaking to the Owen experience, what I can tell you is I felt so often when I was there for two years inadequate and stupid definitely overwhelmed at times. But what kept me going that whole time is I know that when I'm in a situation of discomfort that is just on the edge of too much, I'm gonna come out stronger on the other side. Knowing what that is, knowing that you're in an area of discomfort and that it actually is a place of growth can help your sanity just like when you're training a muscle I recently hiked the Grand Canyon and spent a couple nights down there and in order to do that I had to start Carrying a backpack. And first, I wore an empty backpack. And then, a week into training, I put a five pound weight in it. And that was uncomfortable for about a week. And then it got to be light. And then I put a 10 pound weight in it. And that got to be comfortable and felt light. And then I put a 20 pound weight in it. And so, by the time I got to the big event for me, which was hiking the canyon, and I was wearing a 32 pound backpack, it was still heavy. It was uncomfortable. But I had the previous four or five months of discomfort to comfort in my head. So I knew I could move through it. And I think it's so important that when you're in a business situation, if you believe the quote that in the end, everything is going to be okay, if things aren't okay, then you're not at the end. <laughs> and that's not my quote, somebody else said that. But if you're moving through discomfort, and you can get your mindset in that this is going to make me stronger, this is going to make me more resilient, then it will help you during that time. But I think that people who aren't willing or able to sit in discomfort or experience failure. I don't think they're wrong. I just don't think they ever become the best versions living inside themselves.
0: Absolutely. So sort of looking at the flip side of that question, I'm wondering what some of your highlights or proudest moments of your entrepreneurial journey have been so far. I will tell you that
1: having the epiphany that it's okay for me not to be the best and being comfortable in that discomfort, like you mentioned, of hiring someone who was better, faster, smarter. I'm glad I'm now that person because 20 years ago I was not that person. And so I'm glad that I have moved on to a more mature state around that. I'm always very proud when I see people I work with taking on new responsibilities and coming and asking for help taking guidance and then going off and doing something very successful. And so I've got some fabulous people here who have done that, and that's a lot of fun to watch. In terms of also leadership, I'm glad that I, I wouldn't say it's proud as much as it and privileged. It's just such a privileged position to be in. And I view my role as a leader as not having minions who work for me at all. But on the other hand, I feel a great sense of responsibility for all of my people and their families and their extended people. And so when I see we have a wall in our office it's called the Wall of Fame, and they put pictures of babies who have just been born and kids who graduated from fifth grade or high school or college, and any time I walk by that wall, I think, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of them. But then it's just so humbling to be a part of the things that they're doing in life and the choices that they're making to be successful.
0: Definitely. So a moment ago you were talking about your MBA and your time at Owen, and I'm wondering if we can go back to that and if you could talk a little bit about why you got your MBA and then also how getting your MBA has helped you run your own businesses.
1: I was sitting at a sounds baseball game back in like 1988 that summer and a friend of mine who was at Owen the same time with me, we were at the baseball game and we both decided we were gonna go get our masters in business both of us had undergrad from Vanderbilt and both of us wanted to have leadership positions in companies and felt like the best way to do that is to have an expansive knowledge of business in general which we felt like an MBA would do so she and I both applied to Owen When I got there, it was interesting, in my incoming class, it was some large number, like over 80% had majored in accounting, and I had never had an accounting class, believe it or not. So the feel at first was it was a very analytical experience. That's not what I was looking for. I was looking for a leadership experience. But as I got to be a second year, then I began to be exposed to a more eclectic business experience where you're taking HR classes and you're taking operations as well as statistics and accounting. So I really wanted a broad view. I'm so completely jealous now, anytime I'm at Owen, of the entrepreneurial focus because I think there was one entrepreneurial class when I was there and it didn't fit into my schedule. What I'm seeing going on at school now in terms of really supporting people starting or growing businesses is phenomenal. I wish it had been like that when I was there. It was much more, I would say, structured in a very specific list of classes you were taking and not as entrepreneurial as as it has become.
0: Kind of going along in the same vein, I know that a lot of students at business school hope to run or even start their own businesses one day, and I'm wondering if you have any advice for them?
1: So I'm trying not to sound too old, but it's going to sound old. I think it is so important to get experience within an established business, either simultaneously or in advance of starting your own thing, because if you're working for the right company and leadership, they can share with you all the mistakes they've made. So it can fast-track things. I think it's definitely important to get experience, and again, it doesn't have to be in lieu of, it can be in addition to, to find people who are energized by being mentors. I had that. If I had not had this one gentleman in my life who I could go to and ask all sorts of questions, there is no way I could have done it. He was older, he was more experienced, and he would say, oh yeah, let me just tell you this one thing you're going to find on the P&L or the balance sheet, or this HR thing is always going to happen and you have to just get used to it. And so having that trusted relationship with no strings attached, mentor-type relationship is so very important. So I definitely would get as much experience as I could. And then I think also to be willing to do every job, not that you're going to be good at it, but at least you're going to expose yourself, each component of your work, so that as you grows a business, you can talk to it. As an example, we have a customer care center here. They don't like it, but once a year I go over there and get on the phone and answer calls and I'm not good at it and I usually have to ask for help and everybody laughs. But by doing it, when I see one of my customer care people in the hallway and I say to them, I really appreciate the work you're doing and I can make a statement around sometimes it's hard to listen to someone on the phone complain to you about the fact that their internet service is slow and that's somehow your fault. Then they know that you're speaking from experience and truth. And so the more experience you can get with every aspect of the business, it makes you a better leader, and it makes you more aware of where there might be opportunities to improve efficiency in your business.
0: That's great advice. Thank you. Well, thank you, Becky, for taking the time to talk with us today. Happy to do so. Thanks to Becky again for her time, and thank you for listening. You can find more stories and information about Owen's Graduate School of Management by visiting our website, business.vanderbilt.edu, or following at Vanderbilt Owen on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Editing is by Harim Yang, music is by Mike Foster, and I'm Kara Shearer.